Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. We're studying from the book uh, called 2020 uh, by Christine Kane. Um, and if you are familiar with her, you just probably love everything that she does and says she's mightily used of God, and her story is amazing. So uh, sometimes you want to look up the stories of the people that you're, you're studying with. Um, so to recap, last week we talked a lot about identity, a lot about how we see ourselves and how God sees us and why that's important. Um, remember I said that you will either live up to or down to. How, whatever it is that you believe to be true about yourself. You're either going to live up to or down to what you believe to be true about yourself. Even though God may believe something completely different about you, God may have a completely different plan for you, but you've got to get on board with that in order to fulfill that plan. We were reminded that what we feel does not define us. Amen. What we're... What happens in our lives causes a feeling. What someone says to us causes a feeling. And many, many times those feelings are lies. Our feelings lie to us. We feel overlooked, insignificant, um, unimportant, dismissed, unseen, categorized, marginalized. All these things that somebody or some outside force has uh, the ability to make us feel but our feelings are lying, and so we have to learn that, and we have to speak truth in the face of those feelings. Also, we are not defined by our past or our behaviors, our failures, our struggles, or our circumstances. Um, we have to get to a point where we are um, letting only the Word of God define us. We have to look into that. As, um, Brandon preached this morning about digging, you know, digging beneath the surface. Find, find something. Find the treasure. Um, you're more than what you've done and more than where you've been and more than what's happened to you. Um, what then is the real truth of our identity? It's the Word of God. The Word of God calls us, and this is a short little synopsis. There's like a lot more. He calls us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, adopted sons and daughters, partakers. That's so good. Uh, formed and knit together. He calls us not, not alone, never alone, seen by the Father, never forsaken. He calls us dear children. He calls us delivered and healed and redeemed. He calls us protected and kept and more than conquerors. He calls us overcomers, and, a, and the list goes on and on. So that's not always how, how we feel, but that's who we are. That is who we are. Um, I read you a story about Christine's mom, Christine Kane's mom revealing to her and her siblings that they were adopted. And they were, she was 33 years old when this happened. Um, and at the end of it, her mom's words were, I loved you before I ever knew you. So you know how that adoption process takes place, and uh, they get a desire for a baby and begin the process, but they're already in love with the baby. They haven't gotten the baby yet. They haven't found the baby yet. But she said, I loved you before I knew you. And how could you hear that without remembering 
that God loved us. before. He said, before I formed you, you know, in your mother's womb. Um, I knew you. I sanctified you. I set you apart. God loved us before, before he even knew us. Uh, well, he knew us, but before we knew ourselves, he loved us. Amen. Steve, can you give me Ephesians 1? Verse 3 through 6. God's words to Jeremiah when he said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I sanctified you. I set you apart. I ordained you to the nations. Those words specified what he was set apart for and to whom he was given. When he said, I, I ordained you, he, he the word there means I gave you. I gave you to the nations. Um, perhaps God's word about you would sound more like, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I set you apart before you were born. Isn't that good? I ordained you a witness to your city. I gave you to your family. I ordained you to that workplace. Maybe uh, to the hurting person that you encounter when you least expect it. Maybe God's word to you. Now, those, were, uh, those words that he gave were to Jeremiah specifically. You know, I ordained you and set you apart. I gave you to the nations. But God has given us to somebody. He's given us to circumstances and to situations and to people that we're going to encounter. We're going to cross paths with on our journey. Ephesians 1, 3-6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved did you hear yourself did you find yourself in those verses he said I have called you accepted in the beloved already um, it's time it's a season that we the church begin seeing ourselves how God sees us and I'm not just talking about well I'm an overcomer and I'm redeemed, and I can be called the healed of the Lord. Those things, you know, we have to get those things in our, in our mind and in our spirit. But it's also time that we shift our mindset from just being favored and chosen for us to being favored and chosen for a purpose. You're not favored. You're not called. I'm not called for status so that I can say I am fill in the blank. But I am favored and called for purpose. And this is what he was saying to us in these verses. You know, Christine Kane says something that sounds very familiar to what everybody who's attended COLG for any amount of time has heard our pastor say. She says, God has chosen us to be his sons and daughters. But if it were simply so we could go to heaven... <laughs> 
and be with Jesus for all eternity, then we would be there already. But God has chosen to leave us in the here and now for now. Why doesn't he take us to heaven the minute we say yes to Jesus? Are y'all like this is ringing bells, right? (laughs) It's because there's something he wants done in the here and now. There's something he has for us to do. Our pastor has always said it, and I've always cringed every time that he says, if God wanted you to just get to heaven, he would have hit you with a Louisville slugger the minute you got saved, and you would be in heaven. You know, boom, you're saved. Boom, you're in heaven. Um, Christine Kane says a little bit nicer than that. But, but church, isn't it true? And isn't it the mindset we need to get shifted to? Lord, you have saved me. And yes, you've called me a royal priesthood and chosen and favored and healed and redeemed and loved and a long list of things that make me feel good and help me fight um, the discouraging thoughts that come. Those, those labels that Christ has put on me, that the Word puts on me, they help me battle what the world wants to say about me. They help me battle what my own mind wants to tell me about me. But it's not just for me. You know, I'm not just saved and delivered and healed so I can say I'm saved, I'm delivered, I'm healed. But I am all those things for a purpose, not for a status. And this, I believe this is the season. As, as Brandon was preaching this morning about seasons and times. And I thought, what about the season that we're in right now? It's a season that we in our lifetimes have never been in before. And never seen anything like it. And maybe, and we talked to, you know, we, also in the worship team, we're, we're doing the same path. We're, we're on the same path here. So I might get some things um, intermingled <laughs> that I've already talked about. Um, but I thought about our masking. Uh, we're masking to keep from spreading germs. But a big portion of our faces are hid, and we're not able to see each other. Have you walked down any aisle in any store and smiled at someone and then thought, what am I doing? They can't see it. <laughs> so you're, then you're like, okay, how do I, how do I communicate? Do I just nod? Do, you know, because that automatic smile that we're, we're used to trying to just connect with people, we can't do, and we can't see them. And we're talking about seeing ourselves, and we're talking about seeing other people. And here we are with these masks on. And maybe the Lord is teaching us in this season how to see, how to see people. We talked last night in our worship team meeting about seeing people. What is it that we see on the outside? Many times it, it could be obvious things, like um, if they are angry, you can see it. If they are hurt, you can see it. Um, you know, if they have tattoos or uh, certain types of clothing, any, anything, we see the outside. But we have to learn to look deeper than that. And maybe as we're masked, we will, we're going to have to look a little deeper. Maybe we have to look a little closer and listen a little closer, and it'll be good for us as a church because We've got to be aware, as, as Pastor Gregory said a couple weeks ago, we have to get people on our radar. And I'm num- I don't know why the Lord has me teach classes that I'm like, 
I should be sitting on the front row taking all the notes because I'm the one. But I'm the one. I'm the one who's on a mission when I'm out, and I have to, on purpose, put somebody on my radar because if I don't, they're not going to be on my radar. I'm task-oriented. So I, I can walk past you in Walmart looking for my chips. Not that I don't love you. Not that I don't want to talk to you. I'm just on a chip mission. And, and so <laughs> I have to, <laughs> I have to you know, do it on purpose. And as church, we're going to have to do it on purpose. Because for how many years as a church have we just been focused on what, what am I? Am I okay? Is God okay with me? Am I okay with God? Are we okay with each other? You know, am I saved? Am I going to heaven? Did I make too big a mistake? Am I out? Am I in? Have we not for 50 years or more, I'm only going to say 50 years because that's where I'm at, 50-something. Um, that has been what we could see so easily and what, what our focus has been on, has it not? And I'm so glad that the Lord would take a season like COVID 2020 and teach us how to see better and teach us about radar and help us to change how we're interacting with the world around us because we can stand on the platform and we can stand in the pews and pray, God, touch the city. God, reach the city. But God's going to use us to reach the city. So this whole class is biblical and spiritual, but it is very, very practical. We're going to talk about very practical things uh, that we're going to need to do. And I'm going to try to move fast. Um, so we're chosen for a purpose, not for a status. Give me Colossians 1, 21 and 22. Steve is the best, in case you all don't know that. <laughs> and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. I need that back to 21 if you would. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, that would be us, right? Yet now hath he reconciled. So we're seeing here Jesus' purpose, verse 22, reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. Why? To present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. This was the purpose of Jesus. This is why he came. He didn't come so he could get a business card that said, Jesus Christ, Messiah. He had a purpose. He, even his death wasn't uh, just so he could prove that he could rise again from the grave. It was through his death so he could, through his flesh, present us holy, unblameable, and unreprovable. Um, so this shows us his purpose. We must not forget that we too were alienated. We were. And sometimes when we've been in church pretty long, we have to remind ourselves. We have to try to remember how it felt when we were alienated. The purpose of Jesus' death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Ooh, I, I can kind of 
kind of picture myself, you know, blameless and above reproach in your sight. But in his sight, it's a whole different, that's a whole different thing that makes me a little nervous. But he's the one who's going to do the presenting. And so this was his purpose. This is why he did what he did. In Colossians, in that same chapter, but in verse 26 through 29, Paul speaks of this mystery, which is now made known or being made known even to the Gentiles who were considered the heathen of the day. So in verse um, 26, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest or known to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of, his, of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. He's going to, like, make it known to the Gentiles. That would be like us saying, he's going to make it known down at the crack house. Right? Because the Gentiles were heathen. Which is Christ in you? Wait, what, which is Christ in you? That's the mystery. That's the mystery. He just revealed it. He just put it right there in print. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, Jesus' mission, his purpose, was to be able to present us holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. And now we're going to see our mission right here in these verses. The mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, the word glory there is doxa. And in the New Testament, it is always a good opinion concerning one, resulting in praise, honor, and glory. So it's the hope of there being a good opinion. The hope of there being praise in the end, resulting in praise and honor and glory. The only hope of that is Christ in us. There's no other way for the end result of my life to be praise, honor, and glory and a good opinion. It is Christ in me the only way. So in verse um, 28, it says, Whom we preach, meaning Christ, Christ we preach. Preach there is to announce, declare, and make known, and to proclaim publicly. It's not... It's hard for us because we look through the lens of our society. And so when we hear preach, we think, okay, get a three-piece suit, get behind the podium, and sweat, and say it loud, and preach it. We even say that when our preachers are preaching. We say, preach, because we want them to preach. But what, what he's talking about here is something that we can all do, and that is make it known. Announce him. Declare him publicly. Don't be a private, you know, detective kind of Christian. Announce him. Make him known publicly. And there was a surprise definition here, and it's really not a nice one, but I am going to share it with you. The word preach also can mean to denounce or betray. I don't know. It doesn't say right here but it could be that we are fitting one definition or another of the word preach. Um, as we walk out our lives, 
in front of all the people that we work with and our families and all the people that we come in contact with, whom we preach. I hope that we are announcing and declaring and making him known publicly and not denouncing or betraying him publicly. So I'm sorry about the negativity of that, but that's what I found when I looked it up. Now, our purpose is that we may present every man mature in Christ. Is that in verse 28? Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So you see earlier in the chapter, it talked about Jesus presenting us. Now it's talking about who are we going to present. We have a purpose in the earth, and it involves announcing him and declaring him and getting him to other people so that we can present other people mature in in Christ Jesus. In verse 29, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. I need him working mightily in me. Because in my own self and in my own wisdom, my own abilities, my own giftings, none of it can I ever present somebody to him um, mature in Christ. I must have him working in me. And that goes back to what we talked about last week. Remember first position. No matter what you do in the kingdom, worship team, um, street preacher, pulpit preacher, teacher, I don't care, witnesser, preacher as we talked about earlier, making him known, declaring him to your family, declaring him to your workplace. I don't care what you do, there always is first position. And first position is as you have freely uh, received, it's freely receiving. You always have to go back to it and receive so you can freely give. So, that's why I, had, I need him working mightily in me. That's why I need to get with him before I go get with them. Before I go encounter them, I need to encounter him. Amen? So that's why our ancestors who we've respected, who've gone before us, talked about getting up an hour before everybody else and getting their time with him. Um, and I'm not telling you you have to do that, but I'm telling you that you need first position no matter what you're going to do. If you're going to be effective in this world and present anybody to him mature, you're going to have an effect, a lasting effect on someone. You've got to have Christ working mightily in you, his word working mightily in you. Um, so always remember first position. And it is a challenge in the church because we have considered ourselves busy equals spiritual. And if we are so busy that we're not getting first position right, we're going to mess up, mess everything up. And we talked some last night about times when we've done that. I did that recently. I took my daughter to the doctor, and we had to have some blood drawn. We went over to the, the lab to get the blood drawn. The lady was very nice. She did a good job, and we're talking the whole time. You know, they talk to you so you don't watch and put the needle in and all that. So she's just talking, and we're talking. And she didn't lead with her need. I'll say that again because a lot of people aren't going to lead with their need. She did not lead with the need in her life. She just talked small talk with us, 
And all of a sudden, right, we were almost done. And I'm going to tell you something. This woman was not on my radar. I was just being nice. And she dropped a bomb and said, um, you know, I had Kiana there with me, and it said K Combs. She said, what does Kiana, what does K stand for? And uh, I said, Kiana. She said, where'd that come from? How'd you get that? And we're talking about the name, and she, and all of a sudden she goes, my little daughter's name was Kiana. I said, oh, wow, that's, that's interesting, you know, don't meet very many Kianas. And she goes, she died when she was two. And I'm like, uh, blah, 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 blah. I don't even know what I said to the woman. I do know that when I walked out of the office and Kiana and I got to the elevator, I said, I just failed. That was an epic fail. I was not, she wasn't on my radar. I didn't have something prepared. I was not prepared to minister to that woman. I'm confessing to you this morning because I want you to understand that first position is so important. Because you don't know. You don't know the moment. And if you don't understand that when you go out, no matter where it is you're going, you are on a mission. We are to be on a mission in this earth. For some of us, you might see 100 people a day. You might see 50. I might only see three. I only go like Kroger, doctor's office. You know, I only go a few places. It doesn't matter. I need to understand in the morning before I go, God work mightily in me. God, help me see people when I see them. Help me perceive them when I see them. Amen. So I'm trying, I'm teaching you something that I want to learn as well because I think the church has prayed for the community for a long, long time. But what we have begun to pray is, Lord, show us how this looks. When we want to reach the city, how does that look? How do we walk out there and do that? We don't know anything about drug addiction, Lord. How do we reach an addict? We begin to pray these things, and the Lord is starting to say, look at the people, see the people. We're going there. We're going. Pastor Matt preached a week or two ago that God desires to wrap his word in flesh again. And it spoke so so uh, profoundly to me. I was moved by that statement. I have not forgotten that when I go out, God wants me to be a rapper with his word inside, with his comfort, his promise, all of the things that are in the word that I use for my benefit all the time. That when I run, when I have a problem, I run to the word for me, and I need it wrapped. I need to be that rapper that's got that word in there for them ready to give an answer, ready to say, I know a comforter. You know, ready to say, can I pray with you? Can I pray for your comfort, for your healing? Because I can't imagine what you went through. You know, I pray the Lord change us as a church in this season to be ready for the next season or to even be effective during this one. Amen. Uh, God has always had a plan. He never set goals or made prophecies about the future without also having a plan to accomplish it. And that's what we are talking about, a practical plan to accomplish what it is that we want to in this city. Our stated goal for 20-something years has been to be effective in the city. 
And that's what we want to do person by person. We want to be effective. Let's see Mark 16 and verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Wonder who he was talking to. Do you know that that was some of Jesus' last words? Last words are really important, especially when, you know, when the person knows they're going and they, they give you some last words. Those are very important. Also, um, Steve, if you'll show us John 17 and verse 14. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. Isn't that what our pastor says? He didn't save you just to get you to heaven. He left you in the world. I pray that thou should not take them out of the world, but thou should keep them from the evil. Next verse. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Next verse. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is thy truth. Amen. Verse 18. As thou hast sent me into the world, God sent Jesus into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Just like he said it. Just like you sent me into the world, just like God sent Jesus into the world, and aren't we so thankful, we celebrate it all the time, that he sent his son, his only beloved son, right, into the world. Jesus is talking here, and he said, just like you sent me, I sent them. I'm sending them into the world. We are so sent. We're so sent. Just like Jesus was sent to us, we're sent to them. Some of you are like, I did not come here for this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We have content like a letter. Have you ever sent? Now, some of y'all may not have ever done this, but thank God I'm preaching or talking to the, the sanctuary class because surely there's people in here who sent letters in your lifetime. You know, you sat down, you wrote a letter, and front and back, two or three pages, all this stuff, and you sent it, and you waited for the person to get it. Then you waited to hear back from the person. We did that. That's how we dated. Uh, that's how we dated. We had, I had a bag full of letters that we just sent back and forth. So, church, that's what we are. We, we have a letter in us, if we have the word in us. And we are sent just like God sent Jesus, just like we sent letters to each other. I love you. I miss you. I can't wait to see you. And God has sent a letter to the people, and it's in us. We are a sent letter. And the recipient is eager. To read the letter. Now we can't always see that on their faces. Beware. They don't always look eager to get the letter. But just like we did last night. Last night we drew uh, horrible drawings of people. And we drew a, 
a form of a person on the front of a paper and a form of the person on the back of the paper. And we talked about how that we need to be able to see not just the front, but deeper. So when, when you're out there and you're being a letter, you're being a love letter, and somebody thinks nobody loves them and you're the letter trying to tell them that Jesus loves them, their faces may not look like they believe you or they want to hear it or anything else. But in the, if you can look deeper, you can see that sometimes anger is just masking hurt. Amen. And sometimes, you know, drug addiction is just masking pain and uh, it's masking longing. Everything that we can see is masking something else that's just on the other side. And so... Don't be discouraged if they don't look like they're interested in your letter. Make sure the letter gets where it's intended to go. Have you ever written a letter and waited for the person to receive it and you to hear back that they received it and they never got it? And all that waiting is frustrating. And then you start to think, well, maybe they got my letter, but they didn't like it. Or maybe, what happened? I don't know if they ever got it. I don't know if they want to hear any more letters from me. So we got to make sure if, if those people are out there and they need the letter that God has sent to them through us, we got to make sure they get it or else they're never going to respond. Amen? The content of his word is the difference between the lost and found. The content of his word is the difference between lost and found to all who walk the planet. I'm not comprehending that. The content of his word is the difference between lost and found. The content of his word to me made the difference in whether I'm lost or found. It's also the difference between them being lost and found. So, we have that in us. Imagine how much the God who loved the world so much that he would send his only son once each one to be found. He sent his only son. He is waiting for the return, for the reply from the whole world. The ones we like and the ones we don't. The ones that we would rather smack. But God sent his son. He's waiting to see whether they're going to reply. Now, to be fair, they're not all going to, to reply favorably. They're not all going to read the letter and fall in love with Jesus. But if they don't get a chance to read the letter, if they don't ever hear what's in the letter, then that's not fair. That's not fair. And Jesus is waiting. God is waiting. And we need to make sure that they hear it. We, um, last night as we were studying this same topic, because we have decided we want to be effective as a worship team more than just on the stage. So we're looking at ways to reach out of the walls. And we studied this. This is the vision that Pastor had several years ago. Says in this, He said, I dreamed a dream. And in this dream, I was looking out from my own eyes as I stepped to the podium in a magnificent church building. The seating was fan-shaped. There was a balcony which had clear glass in part of the back wall, and I could see the sky. The church was packed with people, and I had a knowing, quote, that there were 2,000 people attending the church in that service. It was amazing. I made a statement and a question to the Lord. 
God, this is great. It is so large, but what makes it special? The Spirit said to me, look at the people. It seemed that I had a zoom capability in my sight, and I zoomed in close and began again to scan the crowd. In this crowd, there were so many people that were cut, they were bleeding, they were bruised and hurting. Their clothes were dirty and torn. The need was so great that I turned my head away quickly, not knowing how to meet their great need. And I will say this, we do that because the need is scary to us. And the need is so ugly sometimes that we just turn our heads away and we just say, la, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. The Spirit said to me again, look again at the people. This time, the people were healed of their wounds. Their clothes were restored. They were clean and happy. Finally, the Spirit said, Son, I'm going to send you some of the most unlikely people of this region. I will send them because you will love them and bring healing to them. I will stand paupers by millionaires, and you will not have to plead with the people to worship, for there is, where there is much forgiveness, there is much love. And so I've heard this vision many, many times. And for probably about a year now, any time that he would tell it or mention it, and he would say the words, look at the people, I would just get arrested. I would just get, I told them last night, I would just want to stand up and say, stop the service. We've got to talk about how to look at the people. We've got to look at the people. The Lord said it twice in the vision Look at the people. And so that is the reason that we are talking about how to see. How to see ourselves. Because if you can see yourself, if you can understand who God says you are, then you know you're not different than them. You know you're not better. And you can know that they can be the same. They can be the chosen, the redeemed, the delivered, the healed. They can be all that just as much as we can. We're not so different. The Word has made a difference in us, and the same Word will make the same difference in them. The Word works. So, looking at the people, being sent to the people, that's what this class is all about, and I hope that you have open eyes and open ears for that. I am so out of time. I'm going to have to save a little bit of this for next week. I will challenge you this, though, because as we go, I want us to try to put into practice these things. Here are some excuses um, or feelings. I'm not even going to call them excuses because that sounds like I'm pre- being like judgmental about your, your reasons. I'm not because I have the same reasons. Um, when it comes to witnessing or sharing um, what we know about God, with other people. We often will say, I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I have my own problems. I've been hurt, and I don't want to risk being hurt again. I don't want to intrude on people. They, you know, they're private. I don't have time. I feel awkward. I don't feel equipped. Big one. And people who sin disgust me. Be aware whether if you're angry with people who are sinners because their sin is so ugly. We don't like what they're doing because we like light and good. And, you know, we don't like the darkness. 
It's disgusting to us. And I agree with that, but those people are just people. And so I will say this. If you don't have time, start leaving early. Start allowing more time. Um, if you don't feel equipped, start getting equipped. Start writing down what you do know about God. Um, if you are disgusted or angry with sinners, realize that you can never reach them while you're angry at them. Anger is like another person in the room, and it's between you and that, that person. You will not reach them while you're angry at them, so you will need to forgive them for their sin and how it makes you feel. So the problem, identify what it is that makes you not want to share. And then let's talk about how to get past that. Because we do want to be effective, don't we? I know we do. I know this church, the heart of it, for 28 years, almost 29 years. And so we want to be effective. We want to be salt and light. We want to be um, people who love other people. Amen. Thank you all for being a part of this class. Your homework for the week is to look at um, anything you can find about Helen Keller and her teacher. What is her teacher's name, Trish? Annie Sullivan. Helen Keller and Annie Sullivan. Just check into that because we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. When you watch it, think about the Holy Spirit. You'll be surprised. Amen. Thank you all again. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.